Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Two years ago, there was a war movie which came out starring Tom Hanks uh, called Greyhound. Uh, The movie follows fictional commander Ernest Krause in his task of shepherding a convoy of troop and cargo ships across the North Atlantic uh, through an area out of range, far out of range of Allied support and routinely patrolled by Nazi U-boat wolf packs. The interesting angle is that Hank's character, Krause, is an American Lutheran of German descent. As the suspense builds, while the unseen wolf pack may attack at any moment, Krause is seen praying these words. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. We recognize these words as coming from Luther's evening and morning prayers. It's implied in the film that the wicked foe is the German wolf pack. But the irony is, and it's sort of played out in the film, uh, but wouldn't be picked up by by most viewers who aren't Lutheran, uh, at least, is that uh, that same prayer would most likely have been prayed by the Germans who were also Lutheran under the water in pursuit. The point is, is what St. Paul says in Ephesians 6, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the rulers of this dark age, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In other words, men, uh, even those who may fight against us in a world war, are not our real enemy. Our enemy is the devil and his legion of angels, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And he and his unseen wolf pack pursue us all our lives, herding us deep into open water, far, hoping to get us far out of range of help so they can lead us to despair and devour us. Well, this would pose a problem, at least, for the popular opinion of Christ and of Christianity. Church, as the popular opinion goes, is where weak people go. Even modern depictions of of Jesus show him either as a baby, dying in weakness on a cross, or a soft-spoken, tender-hearted, timid uh, man. Not particularly manly or strong. And angels of God are depicted either as long-haired, elegant ladies or as chubby babies with wings. But all this couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, Yet as a fellow pastor who preached a couple years ago at Return to Wittenberg uh, said on the work of angels, he, he said that this has led some to conclude that Christianity is for women and children. And in particular, it may have led some men to conclude that Jesus 
and his church are not for them. And if the men check out, eventually their children will too. But the reality is, and the reality that we remember today, is that not only are the angels in the Bible characterized as men uniformly, but they are uniformly warriors, soldiers, fighters. The heavenly host is the army of armies. And like uh, our armies here, the heavenly army is not made up of E1 privates, uh, but different ranks. It's commonly believed, based on Scripture, what Scripture tells us, that there are nine ranks of angels, what we broadly categorize as angels. Seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, princedoms, powers, virtues, archangels, and angels. And their leader is St. Michael, the archangel, whom we heard about in Revelation. But their commander is Jesus himself, the conqueror and the creator of the angels. And the reason this is important, the reason it's important to know just how strong this fighting force is, is that we are oppressed by a deadly foe. One of the consequences of imagining Christianity as weak is that we might imagine the devil as weak, uh, as weaker still. For either we'll conclude that the devil doesn't actually exist, or we'll think him a cartoon, a guy in red pajamas with a pitchfork. But the devil, who appeared to Adam and Eve, appeared as a serpent, a term related to the word seraphim. St. John in Revelation sees him as a dragon, a serpent with wings. St. Paul calls him a roaring lion. And you and I are no match for either a dragon or a lion. And neither are our children. The devil's aim is to devour you and to lead the little ones under your care down to hell too. And there's nothing that draws a sharper word from Jesus than someone who causes a little one who believes in him to stumble and fall. Here again the gospel from St. Matthew for St. Michael. At that time, the disciples approached Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called the little child. Had him sit in the middle of them and said, Amen, I tell you, unless you are turned to become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives a little child like this one in my name receives me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a huge millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of temptations to sin. Temptations must come, but woe to that person through whom the temptation comes. If your hand or your foot cause you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to be thrown into the eternal fire with two hands or two feet. If your eye cause you to sin, pluck it out and, tr and throw it away from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to be thrown into hell fire with two eyes. See to it that you do not look down on one of these little ones, because I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. 
Make no mistake, Jesus is not warning the devil here. He's warning us. When Jesus says that whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in him to sin, that they should have a huge millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea, he isn't posturing. He has an army to back it up. If anyone stands against children who believe in God, they put themselves against Jesus and his army of angels. Uh, This is the reason why Norwegian Lutheran pastors began wearing a a clerical collar with the white band all the way around their neck. Uh, It was to visually represent a millstone, uh, a reminder of the seriousness of our calling to lead no one to sin. The angels are assigned to watch over the children of God. And Jesus says, these angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. They stand before God and they follow orders. So woe to anyone who fights for the other side. Woe to us if we fight against the angels who fight for the children of God. Woe to us if we teach our children by example or our words that Jesus and his word and his house are not the most important thing. Jesus says it would be better that you and I enter heaven crippled or lame than be thrown into hell with our bodies intact and whole. So woe to us if we believe and teach by our living that a healthy body is more important than a healthy soul in God's word. Or that a whole intact social life or education is somehow more important than eternal life. That's treachery, and the angels notice. And while we may want this army of angels to fight our battles here to keep us safe mainly from physical or emotional harm, we may want the angels to start slashing their swords against our enemies on the, uh, on the political field or on the battlefield or for our children, uh, maybe even on the playground field, But the angels are not concerned primarily with getting you or your children uh, through life with your body intact. They want you and your children in heaven, whatever it takes. The devil and his demons would rather children be neglected, ignored, or, or left on their own to imitate the world to be trained and educated by it. So this is no time for cowards. This is war. This is a time for all Christians, but especially you men, Christian fathers, or men that are given the charge of this congregation by your office as voter. Men, it's time to pick up a weapon and fight, to stand your post, and to say with the angels, under my watch, this child of God will meet no harm. The best commanders lead their troops into battle. They don't command from a desk, they go first. In the film Greyhound I mentioned earlier, Commander Krause is seen at one point with bloody feet due to his standing on guard for days uh, working to shepherd his convoy to safety. It's meant to be reminiscent of Jesus, the good shepherd, with bloody nail-scarred feet guarding us against the old evil foe. And you recall that Jesus stood before the devil in the wilderness where he was tempted for 40 days and overcame the devil with the weapon, the same weapon that he has armed us with as well, his word. 
And after Jesus prevailed in battle, angels came and ministered to him. Again, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus fought so hard using another weapon he's armed us with, prayer, that his sweat was like great drops of blood. And again, afterwards, angels came and ministered to him. But the final battle is the battle of the cross. Well, the devil hurls all his weapons against Jesus, and our Lord dies. But three days later, he gets up and walks it off. And at the same time, at least many theologians believe this is when the great battle in heaven is waging, with the dragon fighting against Michael and his angels. But the dragon is not strong enough. There is no longer a place for him in heaven any longer. He's thrown down. The devil cannot accuse us before God any longer because Jesus won the battle on the cross. But there is a battle that still wages. He still accuses you. By day, he tempts you with pride, thinking that you have done everything good enough on your own. But he tempts you by night, or as the years pass, he tempts you with despair, reminding you of your past sins. Uh, what if you would have done something different? It's your fault, the devil says, that your children have become prodigal sons. The devil accuses your conscience. That's why he's called Satan, which means accuser. He wants you to forget, most of all, that your sins have also been completely forgiven by Jesus. But unlike Greyhound, we are never too far from support. God's angels don't just watch over children, they watch over you. Psalm 91 says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That's why Luther says in the prayer, Let your holy angel watch over me. The angel God assigned to watch over you doesn't all of a sudden leave you or your children when you turn 18 or after you get confirmed. But the army of angels encamps around all those who fear God. And they always see the face of their Father who is in heaven. And as the Father hears our prayers, He sends the angels. And they fight with the Word of God, with the truth. And so know this, that when the devil accuses your conscience, it's not your blood or your stained feet from battle that saves. It's not your power or your strength or your ability that saves you or your children. It is the blood of the Lamb. And so even when you can no longer keep watch or take arms by word or prayer, the angels and their commander neither slumber nor sleep. And when you fail, when your conscience is loudly accusing you, keeping you awake at night, the blood of Jesus quiets your conscience. Though evil would assail you, his mercy will not fail you. Sweet slumbers may he send you and bid his hosts attend you. So we thank God that he has graciously kept us this day. We pray that he would forgive us all our sins where we have done wrong, 
and graciously keep us this night. Into his hands we commend ourselves, our body and soul, knowing that our bodies now, though we may lose limbs and members, we cast them off confident that they are mere types of mortality. They are uh, types of the glorious bodies that we shall receive in heaven. And not only do we commend our bodies and souls to his care, but we commend all things to his care, including even our children. However young or old they may be, or have been, we commend them to our Lord. And finally we pray, let your holy angel watch over me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.